0: Welcome in to the first Missouri Valley Live. Uh, I'm Nick Schultz with WLUW Radio and the Off the Inbound College Basketball blog. It's great to be with you. The first week of Missouri Valley Conference play is in the books. And it just wrapped up again. I was waiting until the Missouri State-Northern Iowa game ended to go live. And that game just wrapped up. And here we are, excited to be with you tonight. If you have any comments at all during the show, probably going to go... I do these for the Loyola games as well, and we usually go for like half an hour or so, but we might go longer depending on how many comments there are, what else you guys want to talk about. Uh, Feel free to comment on here. I'll be on here as long as you want. I'm really not doing much else tonight besides watching Monday Night Football on my TV. But let's go around the league to start. Now that we are into this thing because we've made it to conference play. I know Bradley and Valpo have not tipped off yet because of COVID concerns at Valpo. I know they've had some issues there. That'll be coming up soon. We'll hopefully have Bradley and Valpo talk about in the coming weeks. All the best to everyone at Valpo. What we have so far through two days of action. Loyola Chicago over Illinois State 90-60 to yesterday. Drake over Indiana State 81-63. to Southern Illinois over Evansville 63-57. Missouri State over Northern Iowa 79-59. That was all yesterday. Now let's look at today. Loyola Chicago over Illinois State, 86-55. Northern Iowa over Missouri State, 85-75. Drake over Indiana State, 73-66. That was a close one. And Evansville over Southern Southern Illinois, 84-72. That one one surprised me because that's one more win than I thought Evansville would get in Valley play in the interest of full disclosure here. And obviously, as I said, Bradley Valparaiso have not played yet. That'll be coming up hopefully soon. We'll see what happens there. But just some instant thoughts. First of all, Evansville. Holy cow. I know, I know Wyatt Wheeler, who covers Missouri State, has said this. I've said this as well. Didn't think Evansville would win a conference game this year. But here they are, game two, winning by double digits over a Southern Illinois team that beat Butler less than a week ago. As crazy as that is, yes, that was less than a week ago that Southern Illinois got that win over Butler in Indianapolis. That's the story of the day, in my opinion. I mean it was 84-72. Southern Illinois was up at halftime. And you look at the stats. I'm gonna get those up here on sidearm stats. I know Evansville was shooting lights out from three points, 17 of 29 from outside. That'll do that'll do it right there. And a big game from number 41, Samari Curtis. 29 points, 9 of 13 shooting, 6 of 8 from 3-point territory. Also, Noah Frederick King had 18 points. And Shabar Givens had 17 points. So, really good game from Evansville. And, again, that was a surprise. Those are the only three guys scoring double figures. Curtis, Frederick King, and I think it's Givens. If anyone knows the correct pronunciation, please comment. I'm really, I'll be honest, I don't know many players on Evansville this year. <laughs> but, all in all, good effort from the Purple Aces against a, a good Southern Illinois team. And this, If you've listened, I do a a show every Sunday on Loyola student radio station, WWW. I said Southern Illinois has a really good chance to play spoiler in the league this year, and here they are, Evansville's, playing spoiler to that with a double-digit win. For the Salukis, Marcus Domas, 25 points, 9 of 13, shooting 5 of 8 from downtown. Next closest scorer was Trent Brown. He had 11 points. Those are the only two guys to score in double figures. Salukis, 26 of 53 from the floor, 10 of 22 from three-point territory. Like I said, Evansville had a really, really strong second half. Outscoring Southern Illinois 49-33 to take the victory. Again, that's my big takeaway from tonight, is that Evansville got their first win in the league. And again, that's more wins than I thought Evansville was going to have all year in the league. And I know we have a couple comments here. Let's get through those. Brian Munoz, what's up, buddy? He said, Evansville's three-point game was just through the roof tonight. Yeah, the numbers show it. Uh, Like I said, Evansville... Seventeen to twenty-nine from three-point territory. That's that's a good good game for Todd Licklider's group, and that's his first Valley win. Evansville greater than Illinois State from Larry Larson. Larry, yeah, that's you look at the standings. That's what's happening, and Evansville just pushed Illinois State to the cellar. That just came in as well. And Bankshot fifty-nine. Kevin Krutwig says depth playing a role in back back-to-back games, perhaps yes. That's the point I want to bring up, and I'm going to get to that in between comments. Back-to-back games this year. This is the first time they're doing that in Valley play. And When they say back-to-back, they don't mean like, oh, they're taking a day off, you're playing the same team twice. No, they mean back-to-back. Two days in a row, you're playing games. And you saw that today. That's going to be the big story this year. It's something that we've been talking about since the schedules came out, that it's something to watch this year. That the back-to-back games, how are teams going to respond playing two days in a row at the same place against the same team? Well, look at the scores. Let's look at, say, Missouri State-Northern Iowa yesterday. Bears won 79-59. they won by 20 points. Missouri State trailed by as many as 26 tonight. Trailed by as many as 26 tonight. And eventually end up losing to the Panthers 85-75. That's a really good case right there about... How back-to-back games can impact teams. Even Drake. I mean, Drake won yesterday. Final score, 81-63. Today, Indiana State gave him a scare. That was a close game. Final score, as I said, 73-66. Drake's now 11-0. But yeah, even that game tells you. Back-to-back games are tough. It's going to be a grind this year for everybody. And I want to stay on Drake. Because they got a vote in the AP poll today. From that was I believe it was Dick Vitale. That voted them in the AP Top 25. And I'm on the ranked Drake train. I mean, they're the only, as far as far as I know, they're the only 11-0 team in college basketball. I'm not talking mid-majors. I'm talking D1 college basketball. The Bulldogs are legit this year. Darren DeVries has done a really good job with that program. And I know Doug Gottlieb said that Nico Medved did a good job with it. Well, Nico Medved's not there, obviously. Darren DeVries has been there for a couple years now. And he's done a really good job with that Drake program. And I think, I know they were picked 7th in the preseason poll. Right now, they sit 3rd on my rankings behind Loyola Chicago and Bradley. And honestly, I say Loyola Chicago is number 1, Bradley at number 2. That's going to be a big series next weekend between the Ramblers and the Braves. And we'll see how they both respond to this. Because both, they both have high expectations. Bradley did really well in non-conference. Loyola had the two losses, but one of them was to Wisconsin. The other one they shouldn't have lost to Richmond, but they did. So it's going to be a really big series next weekend. But yeah, I'm on the ranked Drake team. And I I really hope more people are with me in that. And I I hope the Bulldogs get some national attention here. Because they are legit. I am all on the Drake hype train. Speaking of Drake, Roman Penn had 21 points tonight. He left with an injury. And according to Todd Golden, the Indiana State beat reporter, didn't look like it was too serious. He ended up walking back out on the court, I believe, at one point, and it doesn't sound like it's anything too serious. And there's going to be a nice little break for him to rest up, but something to keep an eye on in Des Moines, if Roman Penn can keep going, and if he's hurt at all, if he's going to miss any time, definitely something to watch for. Uh, more on the injury front: Cameron Krutwig tonight for Loyola, 22 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. He landed awkwardly on his leg. Late, it was in the second half. I want to say, I don't want to say late in the second half, but in the second half he landed kind of awkward. wasn't sure what happened. He got stretched out, and I know Kyle Brown over at the Loyola Phoenixes. He told me that it was just cramps. He tweeted that out too. Krut was just cramping up. Doesn't sound like anything major definitely just gonna keep an eye on that as well he said he's I believe Kyle said something about he's gonna stay hydrated more to avoid that and Marquise Kennedy also was hurt in that game he rolled his ankle and I texted Kyle he didn't tweet this and he told me that uh Porter Moser didn't sound too worried about it and I guess he was out walking around as well so some good signs on the injury front there for Loyola again a few days off to rest those injuries up that'll be big going forward and that's the that is the good thing about playing the back-to-back games back-to-back days is there's going to be time off to rest up recover and move on to the next game uh, once again feel free to comment anything if you have any thoughts on games today if you have any thoughts on the valley as a whole feel free to comment i'll read i'll read them all hopefully assuming they're you know clean and no one's like i, I won't read anything about the rest but if you have something you want to comment something we want to chime in about, chime in chime in about feel free throw it the comment section here on periscope so more notes here. Southern Illinois. Again, losing to Evansville today. That's my story of the day. 84-72 loss at home at the Banterra Center. Is it time to panic for Southern Illinois? I don't think so. I mean, they did beat Butler on the road. and I've said for the last few weeks now, now that college basketball season's going on, no fans, I wouldn't say there's a home court advantage, but there could be a home court advantage This year, just because it is the Valley. There's no fans, but there could be just an advantage to sleeping in your own bed. Southern Illinois today losing at home. That's not a good loss by any means, because Evansville's not good. I mean, I think it's safe to say that Evansville's just not good. But I think the fact that the Salukis can beat a team like Butler in Indianapolis tells you they're a better team than that. Some days you just have an off night. And that's going to happen in this league this year. There's going to be a lot of parity in the Missouri Valley this year. And if that's one thing I've learned from my whole life around this league. My parents went to Illinois State. I grew up watching Valley Basketball. I watched Arch Madness as a kid. If there's one thing I've learned from watching this league, anything can happen. And especially the last few years after Wichita State left, there's a lot of parody in this league and anything can happen on any given night. It's so cliche. I really hate using that, but it works in this context. At any given night, anything can happen. And Evansville showed up tonight. And the, the big stat in that one, they were carried by Curtis' 29 points. That's going to carry them, and especially when you shoot 17 to 29 from three point territory. Yeah, that's, it's tough to lose when you do that. And when you go 15 to 17 from the free throw line, that does my heart so good. 15 to 17 from the free throw line. And Southern Illinois went 10 of 14 as well. But all in all, great game by the Evansville Purple Aces, and I'm really glad Todd Licklater could get his first win as Aces head coach as well. and Indiana State making some noise against Drake today. Uh, again, they lost 73-66 and it was a close game, closer game than yesterday, obviously. But is Indiana State legit? Yeah, they could they have a chance to maybe make some noise in the league this year. And and when I say make some noise, I mean maybe just get a win here and there to kind of keep them in the conversation. And I'm talking regular season, not Arch Madness, obviously. Because Arch Madness, anything can happen. We know that from last year. And anything can happen in St. Louis. But Indiana State, they're a solid team this year. Middle of the pack, I'd say, in the league. I, w- I wouldn't pick them for sure to be in the top five. But I wouldn't for sure pick them in the bottom five either. I think they could be that fifth, sixth place team. And it's also hard to tell with A.J. Green out for Northern Iowa. That is such a big loss for the league and for the Northern Iowa Panthers, and I mean, they kept up with Missouri State tonight. They beat them 85-75. Last night was rough, obviously, but they're a good team. They're an even better team with AJ, obviously, but with, with him out, Northern Iowa is not the clear-cut favorite anymore, and it's hard to say where they're going to finish in the league. That's why I say Indiana State could be middle of the pack, maybe pick up a spoiler win here and there, maybe make some noise, and like I said, you'll you'll keep hearing about Indiana State, and they they've got some some good pieces on that roster. I think to Drake Jake Laravia obviously is going to be a big piece in the future, and you can't forget about Tyreek Key. He had eleven points tonight. Laravia had twenty, and how about Cooper Nice picking up eighteen points as well? So don't sleep on the Sycamores yet. I wouldn't again. Wouldn't pick them top five. Wouldn't pick them bottom five. I'd maybe say a fifth, fifth place team ish. That's just my prediction. But now going forward, obviously, let's look a little bit to the future. Again, Valpo series with Illinois State next weekend is off. I know Jim Benson over at the Bloomington Pantograph is reporting that Illinois State could be looking for another game to fill in there. I know he threw out like a MAC team, potentially. And we'll see if he can, or if he can, if Illinois State can get a game in there. This is going to be the weirdest part for me. We're into Valley play this year, and Valley play is usually your All-Valley all all the time. We're going to see non-conference games in the middle of conference play, and that's going to be an adjustment I know for me, and I know for for others as well who are used to just seeing Bradley, Illinois State, Drake, Northern Iowa, like those types of matchups. You're going to see non-conference games mixed in here as well. I'm not sure how often you'll see that, but especially if games get postponed, you're going to see some non-conference games come up. But so no Valpo, Illinois State next weekend. Let's look at the rest of the schedule. Looking at Saturday, January 2nd. This is the last week of the year, by the way. 2020 is almost over. This year has been terrible. I hate. This year sucked. Northern Iowa plays Evansville on Saturday, January 2nd. Indiana State plays Missouri State. Move on to Sunday the 3rd. You get the second game of Indiana State, Missouri State, and Northern Iowa-Evansville. And then Loyola-Chicago-Bradley is going to be a really fun game. That game's on ESPNU. I'm really glad that's on national TV. Those two teams are going to be duking it out for the top spot all year. And I don't know where they'll fall, but I think those are your top two teams. Also, that Sunday, the third is Southern Illinois Drake. And then the second games of those series are going to be the next day, January 4th. So another full weekend coming up into the next year. And we're just getting started with this. Welcome to the show, as I say. And I will keep tweeting out the video of Barry Hinson saying it's the Valley because that's going to be all year. Anything can happen on any given night. I look to Evansville tonight. That's going to happen. I saw another comment earlier as I was going on my rant from Brian Munoz. He said, if they continue with that three-point percentage, talking about Evansville, how do you think other teams will fare? I'll be honest, I don't think Evansville can keep up with that pace from three-point territory, just because, again, I, they're not that great a team. They're not that good a team this year. I mean, yeah, they got a big win over a good Southern Illinois team, but I don't see that continuing. Maybe here and there they'll have another spurt of it, but nothing, you won't see anything consistent like that out of the Sevensville team. They're They're in a total program rebuild. You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, Speaking of, re- I mean, look at, look at the Cubs to compare a rebuild here, speaking of that U. Darvish trade. I don't want to get started on that because I'm talking college hoops, but they give you an idea of where I'm at with the rebuilding situation. Like, Evansville's in a rebuild. It's going to be inconsistent. You're, they're going to have big games like this. They're going to have bad games. It's just the nature of the beast. So I really don't think they can keep up with it, but I also think teams like, especially your Loyolas, your Bradleys, your Drakes, they're going to be able to respond to that really well, too. And it depends on the injuries. Again, Roman Penn's injury doesn't sound like it's serious. Same with Cameron Krutwig, Marquise Kennedy. But if they're all healthy, I think Loyola, Bradley, Drake are going to be the teams that can respond to that really, really well. But yeah, I mean, if you're just joining us, uh, first weekend of Valley Play is in the books. And we're just talking about it here. I'm, uh, I'm Nick Schultz. Again, any more comments, feel free to comment here. I'll be on here as long as you guys want to talk. And, I mean, we're first full weekend in, and it's it's crazy. Let's get the standings up here just to see where everybody stands in the league. I know Loyola is 2-0 with two 30-plus point victories over Illinois State. I didn't really talk about that game very much. Um, Loyola kind of ran away with it. It was more than I thought it'd be. The spreads for those games was 15 and 17, and Loyola blew past those. I don't know if anyone's into betting. I know you can't bet on college sports in Illinois, but it's fun to look at the spreads. And see where they think teams are going to be, but Loyola blew past those spreads. Here are your standings as we sit here right now. Uh, these have not fully updated yet, so I'm going to be doing this off the cuff here. Drake two and O, they're 11 and O overall this year, and I can't believe they only got one point, one vote in the preseason poll. Rank Drake. I'm gonna. I tweeted that earlier. Get that hashtag going. Rank Drake. Loyola also. 2-0 in league play. They are the only two teams to be 2-0 in league play. Everyone else is 1-1, and Indiana State's 0-2. Bradley Valpo, actually Illinois State's also 0-2. Bradley and Valpo, 0-0. They didn't play this week. COVID issues at Valpo, and Valpo series next week against Illinois State is postponed. I'm really not sure what kind of contingency plans the Valley has in place for this type of thing, but that's going to be something to keep an eye on throughout the week as well. But all in all, Drake and Loyola, you're only two two 2-0 teams. And Indiana State and Illinois State are 0-2. Everyone else is 1-1. That's going to be the story of the year. There's going to be your teams at the top, which is going to be likely Loyola, Bradley, and probably Drake if they keep playing like this. At the bottom, you're going to have Evansville, Illinois State. And in the middle, you're going to have all these teams that are going to be kind of interchangeable. It's going to be a very interesting year from that standpoint in this league. There's going to be so much parity. It's going to be just like the last few years. And that makes it fun. I mean, you look at, I mean, the Big Ten is loaded this year. I mean, I saw they had, did I see nine teams ranked? Is that, is that the right number that I saw? They're loaded from that standpoint. The Valley is loaded where any, any team can fall in anywhere. Like, I don't, I say Loyola and Bradley are your top two, and I'm even starting to throw Drake and maybe even a top three I'm not sure how much separation they can get from that middle of the pack, which is your Southern Illinois, your Missouri State, your Valparaiso's, your Northern Iowas. I'm not sure how much separation they can get from those teams just because anything can happen. That's the nature of this league. That's what makes it so great. My guy, Kyle Brown, he's sports editor at the Loyola Phoenix, asks Is two weeks off going mess up? Bradley could be coming in cold against Loyola. I'm really not sure. I'm going to guess it's not that big a deal. Bradley's a good team this year. And that also, the week off could give Terry Nolan Jr. a little bit of time to rest up. I know he was dealing with an injury there at the end of non-conference play. He's going to be a big piece for Brian Worrell's team going forward. So maybe the extra week of rest isn't a bad thing for Bradley. I wouldn't worry about them coming in cold necessarily because they are a really good team this year. And I I think the Braves are going to come out better than we think after a two-week layoff like that. But that series is going to be huge out of the gate. I mean, if I'm looking at Loyola's schedule here, they got Bradley next week, and then they got Drake the week after. So you're talking about being thrown into the belly of the beast here. A really good Bradley team and a Drake team that's got a hot hand. That's not going to be easy for the Ramblers. And I am going to be very interested to see how Porter Moser's teams do. And they caught they caught a break this week with Illinois State They won both games by 30-plus points. They didn't have to play their guys all game. I want to say yesterday's game, nobody played more than, like, 20 minutes. And even today, some guys got to get a break late in the game. So they're going to be pretty well rested going into that Bradley series. Now, that Bradley series going into the Drake series, that's going to be really, that's going to be a really tough response just because that Bradley team is so good. And they're better than I thought they'd be this year. I thought Bradley would be one of those middle-of-the-pack teams that might not get some separation. The way they played in non-con, they could easily be 8-1 and at a non-conference. So the Braves are a team you cannot sleep on this year. They still got Elijah Childs. Yeah, they lost their star power. Luke Von Bray, Daryl Brown, Nate Cannell, they all graduated, but they're still loaded this year. And it's not going to be a cakewalk for the Ramblers and Porter Moser squad next week. So it's kind of a long-winded answer of basically saying Bradley is a good team that you can't take lightly even with an extra week off. That's basically what I'm saying. So again, uh, this Missouri Valley post-game, I guess post-game, post-day, whatever you want to call it, post-series. Uh, I might do this every week if you guys are interested in these. Um, I have a lot of fun doing these after Loyola games. But now that Valley plays in... In full swing, I may as well do this for the league just because I love talking Valley Hoops and I love interacting with everybody. And thanks again for commenting. If you have any more comments, uh, feel free. I might go for another five minutes if we can. I might end early if there's no more comments, but it's kind of open-ended. But thank you again for joining. Again, if you missed it, here is the run-through of the standings. If I can get this refreshed real quick. If they've updated the standings at all. All right, here are your Missouri Valley standings right now. Drake and Loyola are your 2-0 teams. That's it. They're the only 2-0 teams in the league. Missouri State, Southern Illinois, Evansville. Evansville are all 1-1. Indiana State and Illinois State are 0-2, and Northern Iowa is 1-1 as well. Bradley and Valpo haven't played yet due to COVID issues at Valparaiso. We'll see how the Crusaders can respond. Series next week against Illinois State has been postponed, but Illinois State is looking to add a game. We do have, I believe, a game on the schedule for tomorrow. Not a conference game. It's a non-conference game. Bellerman versus Evansville will be tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Bellarmine just lost to Notre Dame. I think it was last week, week before, something like that. So that's a non-conference game coming up tomorrow. That'll be Tuesday, December 29th. Evansville will be the last Missouri Valley team to play in 2020. And then we will be into 2021. And then league play will start up again, or at least it's scheduled to start again, January 2nd with Northern Iowa-Evansville at 3 p.m. Central, Indiana State-Missouri State at 5 p.m. Central. And then the next day, the other games will be Loyola-Chicago-Bradley, Southern Illinois-Drake. That's what's coming up here. And again, Valley play, it's a wonderful time of year, heading into Arch Madness because Regular season, I think it's safe to say the Valley's not going to be a two-bid league this year. I don't think I'm making some crazy statement by saying the Valley's not going to be a two-bid league this year. It's going to be a one-bid league. Arch Madness is going to be the telltale. Unless, I would say either Drake, Loyola, Chicago, or Bradley can run the table. Even then, I'd be saying even Drake. Run the table in regular season. Run the table to Arch Madness. Get to the championship and lose in the championship the Valley's probably going to be a one-bid league. So the regular season's kind of gravy from that standpoint. But then again, you're playing, maybe get an NIT invitation, make a name there, because the champion of the league will get an automatic invitation to the NIT if they don't win Arch Madness and get to the big dance. But all in all, the regular season's just going to be craziness heading into Madness under the arch. And I know Kyle Brown's commenting to come to to Arch Madness. I'm working on it. If I'm still, I'm still looking for what I call a big boy job here. But if I can swing it, I'll go down to Arch Madness. I love Arch Madness. It was my favorite weekend of the year in school. Hopefully I can get back down there as an alum now. So stay tuned for that. All right, my audience has dwindled a little bit, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on and talking with me. Thank you to everyone who commented. Uh, have a very safe and happy New Year. I will see all of you in 2021. Next time I talk to you, that will be my Sunday show on WLUW Radio. That will be coming up Sunday, January 3rd, 2021. That will be 11 a.m. Central Time. Hope to talk to you then. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, wear a mask, and I will see you next year. Have a good week, everybody.